she not said that I pray every night that he would escape. Bell, did you do that for? So I can kill him. Hello everyone, it is I, the Jaystrom. I have just seen Halloween 2018. Well, I saw it on Saturday night and it's Monday. And we probably won't record until Friday, but I just had to get some thoughts out of my head about this film because I've seen a lot of good reviews for it. And I have to admit that um, I didn't have a positive reaction to the movie. And I know, I mean... I, don't, I should have looked at what the Rotten Tomatoes score is before I started recording this. I'm in the other room. I'm not at the computer, but I know it's positive. And uh, I just wasn't happy with it. Now, here's the thing. I am a Halloween fan. I'm a fan of the first film by John Carpenter, of course. I'm even a fan of Halloween 2, the sequel way back in like 81 Starring Jamie Lee Curtis and Donald Pleasance, he returned for the role of Dr. Loomis. And in the sequel of Halloween, you find out that Michael Myers is actually the brother of Laurie Strode, played by Jamie Lee Curtis. And it's quite a strange twist. Some people think it's a dumb twist, but it kind of is ingrained in my head that they're related. Why else would Michael keep coming after her? Why does he care about her so much? I mean, it makes sense that that's the first thing he would do is go to a hospital and try to kill her. Also, while killing everybody else in the hospital that's in the way. But since it's Halloween, they're understaffed for some reason. It is a small town of Haddonfield, after all. But here's my main problem with 2018's Halloween. And it's not just that David Gordon Green and uh, the guy from... Uh, Eastbound and Down, Danny McBride. (laughs) Sometimes I have to do those word association for my brain to remember people's names. Um, We saw the whole spiel. We've heard it that they're not going to acknowledge that there were any sequels to Halloween. This is a direct sequel to the first film. And it's like, whoa, holy shit. And I remember that first trailer looked pretty damn good. Um, Michael, he's in an institution... He's been locked up for years, but now he's going to get out and he's coming after Jamie Lee Curtis. But she's like Linda Hamilton in Terminator. She's a badass. She's a survivalist. She has guns. She shoots at mannequins. But that setup, while being sounding, while sounding pretty badass and cool, is not exactly what we get. Jamie Lee Curtis is not even a main character in this film, it feels like. She's barely in the film. And that part kind of gets on my nerves. But anyway, here's the thing. Um, Michael, Michael Myers, is the shape in Halloween, and Halloween 2. And I'm still hung up on this, that Halloween 2 doesn't matter anymore. So in this new version, they're not related. In fact, Michael just kind of, he escaped in the first film. He had a night where he saw some, I believe he visits his old home the Myers house that is a haunted house nobody goes to when Lori delivers a key because someone's going to come and look at the house and her parents are realtors makes a lot of sense so Michael Myers is there in the house and he sees her talking to a little boy Tommy who she babysits and so he starts following her all day he follows her all the way to school 
He watches her from the street as she's in her class. It's a great scene where she looks over. She thinks she sees the shape staring at her. Then she looks back and he's gone. They even mimic that scene in the 2018 version where Laurie Strode's granddaughter is in class. She looks outside and there's her grandmother, Laurie Strode. Then she looks back and her grandmother's gone, which I thought was kind of silly. Uh, she's like the shape now. She's like Michael Myers. But, you know, it was just kind of an acknowledgement of a, a, a scene from an earlier movie. They even have a scene mimicking a shot from Halloween 2, even though Halloween 2 doesn't exist anymore, where these two kids walk and he's got a boombox in modern day, which kids don't really care around anymore. It makes no sense he has it. And he runs into Michael Myers. And he looks up and he's like, oh, and he gets out of the way and Michael Myers starts walking. That happens in Halloween 2. And it makes more sense in 1981 that a dude has a boombox. So this was like an ode to that scene, but it makes no sense to me because that movie never existed. Do you guys see where I'm going with this? The problem I had with this film is it's meandering. It's a it's a mess. It's all over the place. Uh, it starts out with podcasters, which we know podcasting is a very lucrative and fancy thing to do. Uh, it's what I do. I'm a renowned journalist going to mental institutions and interviewing psycho killers. So these these this man this woman are going there for their famous. Uh, serial killer podcast, I guess. They're going to interview Michael Myers, even though he hasn't spoken a word in uh, 30-something years or however. I don't, I can't do math. For a long, long time, he's never said a word, like his whole life. And they're going to interview him. It makes no sense, okay? And the guy even has the Michael Myers mask from the murderers. From the murders in the in the 1978 when Halloween took place. This guy somehow got a hold of the mask from the evidence locker, I guess. I don't know. It would make more sense if, I have an exact replica of your mask. You know, that scene, I was like, okay, okay, movie. This is early in the movie. I'm not bailing on it yet. Um, expectations have a lot to do with my thoughts, too, because I heard a lot about how good this was. The setup was good. I even read someone on Twitter go, those opening titles, man. And I was like, ooh, I love good opening titles. I even thought H2O, Halloween H2O, had pretty good opening titles. So, these opening titles, nothing that great. A decomposed jack-o'-lantern that uncomposes back into a jack-o'-lantern. And to the Halloween theme by John Carpenter, which is a fantastic theme. I thought they misused the theme incredibly in this movie. It kind of reminded me of the Ghostbusters remake, how they misuse the opening song and it just kind of cuts off. Well, in this, they use the Halloween theme by John Carpenter, who contributed a new version of the theme for the soundtrack. He didn't do the entire score. Two other guys did it. It um, It is played too many times. It is played... I would have to see it again, not that I want to, to count how many times it's in the film. If you go back and watch... Halloween, the first film, I believe the Halloween theme plays at the beginning and the end. I'm trying to think if it plays... No, it plays three times. There's a part where he's walking, following Tommy home from school. I believe it plays then. So it's three times. And I believe it plays three times in Halloween 2 also. 
But there are other themes into the Halloween movies. There's the Lori theme. The dun, 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 bum, bum, dun, 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 dun. Okay, you guys get the idea. And then there's the chase theme. The friggin' chase, the bum, 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 bum. It's really good, especially in the first movie. When it's all piano, and then in Halloween two, it's digital. It's you know synthesized, and it's still really cool. I used it on an intro of uh, an episode not too long ago. Get the mask right, that one we did, and Etail News. So um, the soundtrack I don't think is good in this. And if you screw up Halloween soundtrack, something's seriously wrong. I I can just feel something's off. I want Michael Myers. To be that thing that was so kind of fascinating. You know, when you watch the first movie, there's something about the way he moves and the way he looks. He's fascinating. You want to know what is... He's almost like this force is driving a body. This body that's kind of just moving forward. Some people describe him, I think John Carpenter did, like a great white shark. He's just looking. But in this movie, he's brutal. He's like a brutal force he seems like an angry man. He's stomping on heads. He's pulling teeth out. He's grabbing women by the ponytail and jerking them. And that's Rob Zombie Michael Myers. I'm sorry, that is not John Carpenter Michael Myers. Do you ever see the... There's a, a scene in the Rob Zombie where he kills... Uh, uh, damn it. He kills the nurse lady... What is her name? What is her name? Uh, Octavia Spencer? No, no, no. Uh, okay, whatever. He kills a nurse and he stabs her, bludgeons her with a blade. I'm going to say like 12 times. And it was just ridiculously over the top and disturbing. Um, but we all know Rob Zombie doesn't have a subtle bone in his body. But John Carpenter does. If you go back and watch the original film... It's very subtle. There's very little blood. Michael Myers is slowly stalking Lori and her friends. He's just kind of hanging out. He's setting up bodies, setting up visual gags. He's very, I would say, a showman. Very theatrical. Not only does Michael let you stab him, let you punch him, kick him, he lets you get away so he can catch you again later. He loves the chase. He loves giving chase. There is no chase scene in this movie, and I couldn't believe it. The part where they play the dun, 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 is the dumbest scene in the movie. It's with Jamie Lee Curtis's son-in-law, her daughter played by Judy Greer, who does a great job. Her husband, he's like, hey, the police are here. Let me go out there. Hey, uh, you guys heard anything? And Michael Myers is there to choke him. Even though he's got a gun, he doesn't get to fire it off. He gets choked and then his neck snap to that chase music. And I was like, why? Why are they playing this now? It's almost like, hey, we've got this track we need to play. You could say I'm being nitpicky, but hey, I'm not the one who gave this such a high rating on Rotten Tomatoes telling me it's a new... If you're going to replace all of the shitty sequels to Halloween, have something better. This movie is no better than Halloween H20. I'd almost say Halloween H20 
is just as good. The only reason H2O gets a bad review from me is because the mask was terrible. I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis chops off Michael Myers' head at the end of that, which was a great ending. They tried to do a similar ending here where... It, I will admit, it's a strong ending to this movie, but it took too long to get there. And don't get me started on the Doctor in this movie. We no longer have the great Donald Pleasance to play Dr. Loomis, so we have a replacement Doctor. And there's a twist in this film. I guess you would call it a twist? Or, no, it's just a, a bad script decision that I said out loud, What? And... I saw it with Emma. She wanted to go see a horror movie. I saw it with Steven and his girlfriend and Emma. And I said, what? Like, I was so confused. Like, why is this happening? What? And the the movie had already lost me at that point anyway. Because there's one thing Michael Myers in the films, he stalks these babysitters, you know, teenage girls, and then he kills them or whatever. But there's a scene where Michael Myers kills a little boy where the movie totally lost me. I was like, I'm out. It just bothered me. I was like, why did that scene need to happen? It didn't. If you go back and watch it, there's no reason that scene needed to happen. Was it supposed to shock us? There's even a scene where Michael Myers wanders into a woman's house and bludgeons her to death with a hammer, which we see. We don't see. It's off screen. We just hear the thuds. Then the camera follows him. You see the woman is dead on the table, and you hear a baby crying. And Michael Myers grabs, picks up a butcher knife from the kitchen, and he starts walking in the room where the baby is. And I'm like, if they kill this baby, I'm taking Emma, we're leaving. (laughs) You know, I've had enough of this. This is bullshit. This is some Rob Zombie shit right here. But he spares the child. Maybe the director is like, eh, it'd be too much. You know, we've already killed a little boy. So, um, Michael Myers doesn't, but he goes next door, next door, and he grabs a woman by the ponytail and stabs her through the neck. And I'm almost like, okay. I mean, the original film, which I keep comparing this to because, the, again, guys, this is a direct sequel to that film, the original John Carpenter movie. This isn't a sequel to Halloween Resurrection, the one where their webcam set up in a, in a house. This isn't even a sequel to The Curse of Michael Myers. Okay, I'm going to even say Halloween 4, The Curse of Michael Myers, I believe is what it was called, uh, was better than this. Jamie Lee Curtis is great in the role, and I have a a feeling she thought this was going to be the role of a lifetime, you know, get to be a badass. But she's so underused. They don't use her enough. The third act, she's just wandering around. There's a scene that makes no sense where she shows up and she sees Michael. You see it in the trailer and she shoots at the window. And it's a mirror reflection. And Michael, what does he do? He's like, I'm going to get the hell out of here. There's a lady shooting at me. So he, he exits the house, goes downstairs and walks outside. And she shoots him in the shoulder and he keeps walking. And she's like, Michael! She's chasing after him. And he gets away. That scene made no sense to me at all. The sheriff, played by Will Patton, totally underused. His... His death is so stupid in the movie. I just... uh, I'm so disappointed by this film. I'm trying to be... um, What is the word? I'm trying to be uh, reasonable. I'm trying to... (laughs) 
I was just so disappointed in this film. Halloween 2018. Wow. It seemed like such a good idea on paper. But those podcaster characters, they their only reason they're in this movie is to give Michael his mask to get it to him. Because otherwise, how else would he get it? <laughs> you know? And they're out of the picture so quickly. And that scene, I was just kind of like, okay. I mean, should I? I need to just be sitting there. It's a dumb horror movie, right? But there's so much that happens in the movie where I'm like, okay. There's a scene where Jamie Lee Curtis's granddaughter, you no doubt Michael's going to come after her, right? But she's got this grandmother waiting for Michael's return. She'll be able to call her and tell her to come to safety. No, because her granddaughter is busy at the school Halloween dance having a fight with her boyfriend who kissed another girl. And what does he do? She wants to call it to be picked up because she can't handle his cheating ass. He takes her phone, her smartphone, which is expensive, like what, $1,000 iPhone? He throws it into a bowl of ranch dip. And she just goes, whatever, and walks away and leaves her phone in ranch dip. Meanwhile, no one can get a hold of her now. She's in complete danger because she left her phone in ranch dip. That's the way this script works, guys. It, it's like, okay. And Michael has teleportation powers in this movie, too. He just appears and disappears at a whim. And here's the thing I loved about Michael Myers in the original film. He's like this unknown force. You know, they call him the boogeyman. He's the shape. He's almost like this evil is driving this body. He moves strangely the way he glides in and out of frame. He hides. He makes sounds to draw you in a room. You go and investigate. He doesn't even necessarily kill you. He still follows you. He toys with you. After he kills someone... He puts their body somewhere in order for it to block an exit. That's what I love. There's a part where uh, Lori, she goes across the street when her friend is being a goofball on the phone, she thinks. Her friend is really being strangled by Michael Myers, who dressed up like a ghost. He put a sheet over his head. She thinks it's her boyfriend. She turns her back to him, mad at him, and he comes up behind her and strangles her with a phone cord. Lori's not sure what's going on, so she goes to investigate. Well... When he starts chasing her, he's closed off different exits to the house, and he even puts a body to freak her out to not go in that direction. It's pretty smart, and it's creative. In this movie, he's like a bull in a china shop. He's pulling people's teeth out. He's stomping on their heads. He's not doing anything creative. It's just not the same Mike Myers from Wayne's World that I know. Oh, wait, I mean uh, Halloween. That I know. And uh, I did that on purpose, just so you know. (laughs) But I thought it would be good to kind of record my thoughts about this. I haven't done a show in a while. Hopefully Steve and I will record this Friday. But I wanted to give you guys something to listen to. This does have spoilers in it, but who gives a shit? I mean, to take it from Bill, hey, the movie sucks. Who cares if I spoil for you? (laughs) That's always the way I feel. But I will not spoil the ending to this film. Because it is the best part. But at the same time afterwards, I was like, yeah, it's the best part, but too bad the whole movie sucked up until that point. Oh, guys, so disappointed. You know, I'm not overly critical, 
But I happen to be a fan of the Halloween films, and I'm a fan of Michael Myers. This movie is not good. I will take Halloween 2 from the 80s over this any day of the week, and that's not even that great a movie. They may, they did the sequel thing that um, Jamie Kennedy talks about in Scream, like, we gotta kill twice as many people, there's gotta be more blood, but Michael Myers was still Michael Myers in that. He ha- He still had the movements, he still had the elaborate way he would uh, stalk you. He would let you get away. There's a great scene in Halloween 2 where he's got Lori dead to rights. She's on an elevator hitting the button. He sticks his hand in the door, but then he just gives up. He's like, no, I'm going to let you go for now. And she gets away, but just in time for her to scream for help in the parking lot, he shows up again. And there he is, coming after her, walking very slowly, and she's just trying to stand up to get away. She's trying to, she's lost so much blood from pulling her IV out that she is losing consciousness, and she's just trying to struggle to get free. That scene with the music, it's like, get up, get up! That's another thing about this new movie. There is no tension whatsoever. There is not. There's a scene where she goes looking for Michael in her house, but I was like, what is going on? She walks into a room full of mannequins, and the only thing I could think is, why does she have this room in her house full of mannequins? I mean, I know what you're going to say, because she uses them for target practice. Let's keep them out back. What do you need them in a bedroom for? You know what I'm saying? It's not like she needs to keep you know rain from getting on them or whatever. She's just shooting on them. So there, I've seen holes in your logic, so forget about it. <laughs> There's just so much that this movie... David Gordon Green, I know, you know, he did Your Highness and all those other movies, Pineapple Express. I don't think he was right for this film at all. Um, there are scenes that are obviously played for comedic effect. The more you think about them, they're not that funny. The dad isn't funny. There's a part he's like, oh, I got peanut butter on my penis, like on his pants or something. I'm like, why would he say that in front of his daughter? I wouldn't say that word in front of my daughter. What the hell's wrong with this guy? Oh, I know. They improvised this scene. They said, hey, just do whatever you want. You know, nobody cares. And he's like, hey, I got peanut butter on my penis. And they're like, that's great. Let's cut that, print it. It's in the final film. Makes no sense. There's a part where two cops are talking about what they have for their lunch, I guess, in the middle of the night. It's middle of the night. They're talking about their lunches they packed. It's supposed to be funny. It's not. I just, God, they missed the mark on this. It's making so much money. It's getting such good reviews, and I don't know why. I have to admit, before I saw the film, before I saw the film, I was going to see it last Friday, and I was excited about it, right? I was like, oh, man, I can't wait to see this. But there were a couple of reviews that I saw of people I trust, one of them being Drew McWaney, that was like, oh, yeah. This is just another Halloween sequel, you guys. It's nothing special. And I was like, oh, no, because I thought it would be something special. So actually, my excitement died down a little, and I ended up seeing this weekend, by the way, Stephen paid for my ticket and for Emma's because for her birthday present. It was very nice of him. You know, I said, thank you very much for the birthday present, but this movie sucked. Uh, no, nothing on you, man. I really appreciate the present. <laughs> but... Um, It's just that I knew to be on guard a little, maybe, 
But you guys, I have a movie-going philosophy, and that is, let the movie come to you. And I did that. I sat there. I reclined in the chair. And I let the movie come to me. And you know what? The movie that came to me, not good. Not good. And it doesn't deserve this box office. Because they're going to make another shitty sequel, just like they did before. And John Carpenter was right. You know, he wasn't very interested in Halloween 2. You know, there's a documentary you can watch on it, on uh, the making of it, on YouTube. Just search Halloween 2, the making of. He he just took the money. He took the paycheck. He wrote the sequel with Deborah Hill, his producer. They came up with the idea that Michael is actually related to Lori. And that's why he wants to go after her in the second film. I mean, it picks up right after the last movie ended. And uh, it's more compelling than this. And you know what? In fact, if you watch the end of Halloween 2, they get rid of Michael. He uh, Lori shoots him in both eyes blinds him. Dr. Loomis releases oxygen tanks. You know, he's going and he raises his lighter and he goes it's time, Michael. And he lights his lighter. Room blows up. Lori gets away. She's hiding and all of a sudden you hear the music again. Dun, dun. And here comes Michael completely engulfed in flames and you're like, are you kidding me? He's still going? He's engulfed in flames? And then finally he falls to the ground dead and you see the fire just eating through the mask you know and he's gone he's a pile of ash and you know that was john carpenter right there going i'm done with these movies let's move on so later on when they decided to make halloween 4 because season of the witch had nothing to do with michael myers um except for his an early scene in that involving ashes um Halloween 4, they didn't have the mask anymore, so they had to come up with their own, which looked terrible. And then the next movie looked terrible. And then the next movie looked awful. And then the next movie looked terrible. It's never looked right. I will give this to Halloween 2018. The mask has never looked better than it did since Halloween 2. Halloween 2 still looked better than this one. It could have been the same mask from Halloween 1. I don't know. But it looked great. Halloween, this one, looked good. I will say that. I'll give thumbs up to this mask. It looked better than it has in years and years and years. Just go back and watch. look at the mask for Halloween Resurrection, guys. Holy shit. So anyway, I've talked long enough about this. I hope you guys enjoyed my talk about Halloween 2018, the mediocre film. <laughs> It was okay, guys. Here's the thing, though. I turned to my daughter. This is the second horror movie. Well, she said third. She's seen It now in theaters. She's seen uh, A Quiet Place in the theater. And now she's seen Halloween. And she said, that was awesome. And I was like, oh, you liked it? She was like, yeah. That was really scary at the end there. And I was like, yeah, it was. You know, and I kind of held my tongue a little bit. Because I'm not going to stomp on her fun at all. I'm not a jerk, but I was just thinking in my head on the drive home. I'm like, yeah, good times. (laughs) Still, there's that one part with the doctor. If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. What the hell was going on there? I mean, seriously, I'm sure there'll be things I'll think of after I'm done with this, but, um, oh man, 
Like I said, Jamie Lee Curtis, good. Judy Greer, good. Even the granddaughter, she's fine. Um, the guy who's the the son-in-law, he's the whiz, isn't he? Isn't he the guy from Seinfeld? I'm the whiz! I'm the whiz! I swear it's that guy. Uh, Will Patton, who I said was underused in the film, he's always good. The guy they got to be Michael Myers. Now, I know what you're going to say, Jason, they got Nick Castle. No, they did. Nick Castle is in a few select scenes, but he's not in the entire film. He probably showed up on set for a day, you guys. He looks like this hulking brute, which is not what Michael Myers is supposed to look at. He hasn't been exercising in the mental home. He's catatonic. He doesn't say a word. So he wouldn't be this hulking brute stomping on heads the way he is. It's just... They got it all wrong. I think they couldn't get Rob Zombie's films out of their head or something. I Let me do the next one. I can do it better, okay? Let's do a remake. No, not a remake. Not another remake. <laughs> we let Rob Zombie do that. He totally screwed this up. No, I'm kidding. Maybe they should just let Michael Myers go away. Let him make another Wayne's World. Oh, wait, I'm confusing things, aren't I? <laughs> I'm doing it on purpose, guys. But anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed my rambling thoughts on Halloween 2018. And thank you for listening. See you guys next time. <laughs> What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. What a great story. Now this is podcasting.